I'm going to invite some people and see if anybody wants to join. Be surprised, man. You might We might get some people in here, um, some of your former teammates or something, because I've done a few episodes with a few guys like Doug Worthington and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a real good friend of mine. That was actually my roommate in college. So, uh, yeah, so that's my, probably my best friend from the team. Were you guys um, the same same class and everything, right? Yeah, we came in at the same time, but he redshirted. Um, so he, he stayed and played in the Rose Bowl in 2010, and my last year was uh, the Fiesta Bowl in 2009. But, uh, but, yeah, man, he's a real good friend of mine. Yeah, when I was on uh, Google trying to find a uh, picture – um, that wasn't like a super blurry picture because I tried to do my best to try and some, try and find something that's more high quality. That's not like super blurry. I seen a picture of like you guys that like one, it wasn't even like a practice. It was like, a, I don't even know if it was a photo thing or something, but it was like where you guys just took pictures on the field and stuff. It might've been like just for, uh, oh, yeah. during camp, we would have a media day and then we would go, we, we would go to the stadium. I can't remember if it was in the beginning or towards the end of camp, and we would just do interviews and sign stuff for fans that were there, and then uh, we would take photos, do all that good stuff, take team photos and, and practice group uh, uh, position group photos, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think I know what picture you're talking about. Probably one, but I think had me, Thaddeus, Doug, I think uh, maybe some other folks. Yep, that's the picture, man. I was like, I was going to find something, and I was like, okay, I've seen that picture. I was like, I don't want to post that one. But then I seen Doug in there. I was like, oh, obviously, you know, Doug, because you played with him. But I didn't know that you guys were actually roommates or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we, yeah, man, I, I'm real good. I'm, uh, he, I mean, he's my, my uh, the, the godfather of my oldest daughter. Like, we've been back and forth to each other's hometowns. Like I said, as a matter of fact, he's moving. I'm thinking I may, may help him move tomorrow. Um, one of my One of my better friends, man. Doug is, Doug is a good guy, man. I, um... I when I had him on my show, and it's not like we haven't talked before because me and him have chatted on Instagram here and there, kind of like I do with anybody else. But Doug was probably one of the more down to earth people to actually get on there because of the energy he brings. He's just just a good time to have on and talk to, you know. Right? Yeah, he, he's always been that way. He's always been a good person, man. He's personable. People gravitate towards him. He has a a great personality, especially because he can be so, uh, you know, um, in person. It, it can be sort of um, an imposing. But um, like I said, you know, I think his personality, his demeanor is really, is, is really warm and welcoming. People feel more comfortable talking to him and all that good stuff. So, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Yep, that's that's true. I've uh, really enjoyed talking to him. So let's um, for anybody that's going to listen to this, because more people tend to listen after the fact, because there's this platform. Anybody that really wants to listen live could hop on and listen to us live while we do it. But, you know, how it is a lot of people are busy. So uh, most people right, yeah. listen after the fact. But. For a lot of people that don't know who you are, um, a lot of the younger kids and stuff that might may have not been watching Ohio State football very long, um, or just aren't taught a lot about like the previous players and stuff. You played um, running back at Ohio State for what, from two thousand five to two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from two thousand five to two thousand nine, I played for the I played running back for the Buckeyes under Coach Tressel. I played in the two national championships, one in 07 against Florida and the one in 2008 against LSU as well. You know, won big 10 championships four years in a row, uh, never lost at Michigan. So got, you know, got all four of my gold pants and yeah, so that's, 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 that's pretty much me originally from Jacksonville, Florida, but now I call Columbus, Ohio home. So you still live in Columbus, huh? Yep. I met my wife at OSU and we're raising our family here in Columbus. That's that's crazy how that works, man. Were you were you recruited by any other school besides Ohio State? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, coming out of high school, I was the number one running back in the country 
at one point. Wow. So I had offers from pretty much every school in the nation. So I took a visit out to USC. And this is right when they were just getting popping. I mean, they had, you know, Matt Leinert was still there, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, um, uh, Ray Maluga, I think was he was in my class. He was coming in. Brian Cushing, he was also in my class and he was he was going to SC. But I took a visit out there, I took a visit to uh, Florida. Um, this is when, um, uh, wow, Bobby Bowden was still there. Uh, I'm sorry, Florida State. And took a visit to Florida as well. And Ron Zook had just took over. Um, Georgia Tech, Maryland, um, some other places I took a visit to as well. And obviously Ohio State. But, uh, you know, I, ha- I had some family in here in Columbus. So that was a big draw, um, big reason why I decided to, to, to make Columbus my, my landing spot. Um, oh. Just coming here over summers and spending time here and all that good stuff. And knowing, that, although I would be away from home, I still have a ton of family here, which was a bit more comforting at the time. So, so absolutely, yeah, man. It, 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 you know, I had offered from everybody. That's exactly where I was going to go with that because when you said you had family that lived out there, I was going to, if I didn't know that, I was going to be like, what was your ultimate decision to pick Ohio State? Because if you're if you're like high, highly touted like that and you got offers from pretty much everybody, you got freaking literally the pick of the crop right. of schools you can go to. You can stay home and go go to a college close home or you right. can I mean, literally I, I, choose your own path, you know? Right. I kind of feel like it was destined for me to go to Ohio State at the time. Florida State, they were high on another running back in the state, a uh, guy by the name of Anton Smith. So they offered me, and but they were more so they were more high on him. And so uh, that's how that's where they their, their recruiting sort of focus in Florida at the time. And they were sort of they were just in a in a in a in a transition stage. Like I said, Ron Zook was there and I think he had just got fired. And then Urban Meyer was actually uh, coming into Florida, but I at that time I had already signed with Ohio State, so it was kind of up in the air with with Florida, and then uh, Miami was another school I was I was I was interested in and just be you know being closer to home, but uh, they offered me, but it wasn't really, you know, wasn't really much uh, recruitment involved. I think they had a ton of running backs at the time and weren't really in the, in the market for a running back. So for me, I wanted to go somewhere where I could play right away and potentially compete for a national championship, um, and, and both those things happened at Ohio State. So. Um, you know, that, that was, that was really the biggest reason, you know, obviously besides my family, but, you know, early playing time and, and being able to play for a national championship was, was, was the main focus. And another thing as well, you know, Columbus and what people may not realize is, you know, Columbus is not just a college town. You, you go to some of these other places, you know, and some other visits and, you know, these, you know, it's, the schools are great and, you know, the atmosphere is great, but it's, it's, it's just the college town. There's not really much else to it. Whereas Columbus has a lot more to offer. I mean, there's industry here. There's you know, there's job opportunities after your playing career, it just, and you can feel it when 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 you take a visit here. When you when you when you go when you're on campus and when you sort of you know see how the players live, you know, compared to other players at different schools, um, I just felt like Ohio State was just a step above some of the other places that I had visited. So I mean, you know, obviously playing early, being in a big time program, playing for a great coach, and obviously my family. Those are the main reasons why I decided. To choose Ohio State. That's crazy. I mean, you look back on your career now. Um, while a lot of people do, a lot of like I said, a lot of people that know about Ohio State football know who you are. But do you ever look back and say, "Damn"? I mean, do you know how it is with the transfer portal and stuff now? I mean, I know you stuck through it and played at Ohio State because you played behind uh, a lot of get, like really good players. You know, like Antonio right. Pittman, Beanie Wells. Like, how, how do you play behind guys that are guys like that and not like? up and leave you know what i'm saying right well it was definitely something i had thought about i think after my sophomore year i i hit up my high school coach and was like yeah man i think you know it's just you know he had told me too before i even went to ohio state he kind of 
he kind of, you know, said that, you know, he kind of said exactly what would happen. Cause I like, listen, man, you're going to go there. They're going to get a big time, 230 pound running back out of Ohio. And you're not going to really see the field much. And I was like, I was like, bullshit, man. I mean, I'm number one running back. I'll, 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 I'll be able to make it. But so that's exactly what happened. Um, and I did, and it was some tough times, man. It was really not how I saw my career panning out. It's not what I wanted for myself, um, for my football career. Um, and so I would definitely, you know, thought of transferring would definitely cross my mind and I definitely explored those options. But at that time, my, my first daughter was being born. Like I said, I met my wife here. Um, and, and, you know, so that was a big reason why I decided to stay and stick around and kind of see what happened. Um, you know, looking back hindsight 2020, if I were to, you know, say, Hey, you know, thinking back, what would I've had a better career out past, you know, college had I transferred to another school more than likely, but, um, you know, I'm happy with my decision to stay. Like I said, I'm living, I live a great life now. Um, you know, I, Columbus is a great city. Um, I met a lot of great people, had a lot of great experiences here in Columbus as well. And, and while I was in school, so, you know, I don't regret it, but like I said, hindsight being 2020, had I transferred out, I probably would have played in the NFL for a little bit, or at least got a better shot, more, more of a, more of a, more of a chance to at least uh, make a roster. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. I don't. I don't want to say a lot of players or uh, younger kids that go into uh, college. They think that just because of how highly ranked and stuff they are, they they have a vision of how they think everything's going to play out. But then when you're actually there, I don't think a lot. A lot of the times, it doesn't play out the way a lot of you guys wanted to work out. Right. Um, kind of like. Uh, do you remember like Jalen Gill at Ohio State? I feel like he was really highly ranked out of high school too. Transferred to Boston College. I don't, I don't. I don't really know if I heard much from him after like his first year at Boston College. But that's what a lot of people think they're going to come out and have like crazy successful careers and go to the NFL. But it doesn't work out that way for a lot of people. Right. I mean, it's, listen, it, honestly, but it takes that mindset to have that kind of success. Even like once you get to high school, obviously you're the best person on your team. And when you get to Ohio State, you have to believe that you're the best person at your position and that you know the cream will rise to the top. You know, uh, unfortunately, like I said, it, it didn't happen for me, you know, more so I think, it, you know, wasn't necessarily my, my work ethic or my, my skill set or my ability. It was more so just the style of offense we ran. You know, at the time it was Coach Tressel. It was, you know, we were running 46 power, 47 power, and, you know, putting the ball on, on, on fourth and one. You know, that was in playing defense. That was sort of his mindset. So Beanie really, you know, fit that mold, um, you know, more so than I did. I was more of a, you know, get, you know, zone kind of, you know, honestly, the way Urban Meyer runs his offense, he would have been a much better coach for me as opposed to Coach Tressel. Oh, yeah. I ride a lot more in his offense. So, you know, that was that was more so, you know, things that you don't necessarily think about. And maybe you guys are, are more are more in tune to it now. But, you know, coming out of high school, I didn't necessarily look at that. I didn't look at the style of offense they ran and, and, and how it and how it would, you know, benefit me or, or, or maybe not. So, um, you know, I think guys maybe have more information now or maybe more or, or, or they they study it a bit more maybe more so than I did but uh, I think that was probably the biggest reason was just it wasn't a great fit you know I would have I would have I would have played you know in a spread system I probably would have played a bit more um and got a bit more playing time because that that's what really fit my skill set yeah I feel like you're yeah I don't I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but your skill set would have been like because you're not like a power back guy right you're like to do it all no. type of out of the backfield and everything like catching the ball out right. of the backfield um, kind of like, I think like, um, what's his name? He's still at Ohio State. Demario McCall. I feel like he was supposed to be similar to that at Ohio State, right? Uh, right, he yeah. He, not transferred, but he uh, moved the corner. But uh, I feel like a lot of people had thought that he was going to be similar to that, like run the ball, but really catching the ball out of the backfield yeah. a lot. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for for me coming out of high school, you know, it was I didn't I didn't have a ton of receiving yard. It was I was just more of a traditional running back. But you know, the the style of offense that we ran there um, in high school was like I said, I would do a lot of swing, um, a lot of a lot of a lot of outside zone stuff, and um, that was that was more what I was used to. But when we got to Ohio State, like I said, it was a lot of power running, a lot of a lot of run up the middle, a lot of a lot of inside zone type type running schemes. Which we got. I mean, I was I was 196 pounds, you know, in, in college. And I wasn't going to get much bigger than that. That just with my frame, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't conducive for putting on a ton of weight. So, um, and keeping my speed as well. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the, the route that I fell in. And, you know, looking back, you know, I don't, I don't have any regrets. It, it, it sort of is what it is. You know, playing in the NFL would have been nice, but more than likely I wouldn't have played, you know, 10 years or, you know, made a life-changing money that probably wouldn't have happened for me anyway. So, um, you know, that's, that's you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, even if you wanted to pay play to ten years, like even like guys like Doug and stuff, they they played long enough to get their pension. Like he told me a lot about that. Um, it would still be nice for you, for you to even get that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I would love to have that opportunity and you know make get a good start to my life. And but you know, I took a different route. I, you know, for me, it was uh, you know once once football went to the wayside. I think after. College. I had a brief stint with Buffalo Bills. I went up there for their rookie mini camp. I actually had a really good camp. Thought I thought I made the team, but you know, in NFL, it's, it's really based off potential. Especially if you're not like a guy who put up huge numbers in mm-hmm. college, they're going to pretty much just look at your height, weight, you know, forty times and say, okay, well, you know, what what can he do potentially? And looking at me, a guy who was five ten, one hundred ninety six, and had a decent forty, you know, that's like, well, playing running back in this league, you know, maybe. But they had another guy who they had signed who had been in the league a year prior. He was, you know, a bigger back, 230 pounds and, um, you know, similar skill set. So, you know, that that's that's sort of how they pick players once you get to the to the to the bottom. It's like, OK, well, hey, who sort of fits the mold? And I didn't. So, you know, Buffalo didn't quite work out. And I did. A, I was I worked out for a, a couple of USFL teams and some Canadian teams. But, you know, at that point in time, man, college sort of beats you up. And, you know, you got to really make a decision. Hey, this is this the route you want to take? Is this the life you want to pursue or do you want to try other things? And so once I sort of saw the writing on the wall, like, hey, man, I think it's probably time to, you know, hang it up. Maybe not spend my will so much and, and focus on um, what, what the next chapter of my life is going to be. So it took some time to figure that out. But, uh, you know, eventually I did. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy I, I got going sooner rather than later. Because, I, you know, like I said, no matter what, I likely would have ended up in that situation, you know, at some point. So. You know, it's got a jump start on my on my career where a lot of guys who did play for a couple of years in the league now they're still kinda still kinda looking to kinda figure out what that next move is gonna be, you know, whereas I'm I'm already in the groove of things. I mean, you uh your your career at Ohio State, like football career, maybe didn't play out the way it did, but you you're you've done things. I mean, you're a lawyer now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's I'm a, I'm an attorney now here in Columbus. Uh, I focus primarily on litigation and I think, you know, um, obviously being a Buckeye, I think helps with, you know, just uh, opening certain doors for me. And, and, and it's a great conversation starter, especially with a lot of clients and folks here and around town. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it. I think football prepared me for handling adversity and um, sort of just being prepared for all, all circumstances, no matter what may come. And so once I got to the legal, you know, my, to, into the legal profession, um, I, I think it's definitely helped me um be a better lawyer and more maybe more so than some of my constituents who may not have faced a lot of adversity and, and may not quite know what it's like to to work hard and to put in long hours and to do a bunch of shit you don't want to do 
did you did you study like law and stuff in college? Oh hell no, man. When I was in college, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about going to school after that. I mean, I was once I was, when I was in college. I was like, listen, I'm gonna do my four years and graduate, and I'm never going back to school. Um, it was something that I was, you know, I just didn't want to do. I was like I said, college beats you up. I tell people all the time, you know, college is harder than the NFL. Because in college, those coaches and those strength coaches, they own you. And you really can't say no. And they're just – we had a guy by the name of Eric Lichter. He was our strength coach. He's he's still in, in and around town here in Columbus. He does a lot of great things. But, you know, you would call him the mad scientist. He would just sit and think of just crazy workouts to have us do. I remember just calling guys, like, either whether it was, you know, um, winter workouts in the morning or summer workouts, you always would get on the phone and call guys, hey, 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 you know, what, what what's, what's, our, what's the workout like today? Like, what, what do we got to do? You know, just kind of get your mind prepared for it. But uh, they really beat you down, man. They really, they really, uh, like I said, they really own you. And it's, it's different in the NFL where, you know, you, you sort of on your own on that. You know, you, gotta, you have to make sure that your body's right, make sure you're, you're, make sure you're conditioned. But it's nobody really making you do a bunch of stuff that you don't want to do, so to speak. When you're uh, out in your regular life or doing your um, just working in general, do you ever see guys, do you ever come up to people or people come up to you and they, they recognize you from Ohio State? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not recognize me. I think maybe when they hear my name. Yeah. Think about it. Honestly, man, there's been a lot of folks who just either had the name Maurice or Latin <laughs> Wells. Yep. Played for Ohio State, and so my name actually being Maurice Wells, I think they sort of sometimes just assume like, hey, that kind of sounds familiar. And then when they say, did you play for Ohio State? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was me. But I don't look anything like I did when I played. Like I don't have dreads anymore, man. I probably lost 20 pounds. I'm probably about 175 pounds now. So if you see me especially with a suit and, and all that stuff when you wouldn't necessarily think that I played football. Um, and, and I definitely wasn't the guy who wore number 34 with the dreads. But to every now and again, man, you get some diehard fans who, who will hear my name. They'll know exactly who I am. They'll, they'll know where I'm from and know when I played and all that good stuff. And that always feels good. That always feels good just to know, you know, to, to know that I, I left an impression on someone. Yeah. Um, and someone remembered me, man. So I always sit and talk with folks, whoever wants to at least about, you know, whatever they want to talk about, more than likely football. But it's uh, yeah, it's if, every now and again, someone will recognize my name if, if they if they hear my name. Well, I feel like. Um, I mean, you were one of the guys that when you come on the field, people would get excited for. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. That's kind of yeah. kind of like, you know, like Master Teague at Ohio State, his career. He 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 had a pretty. I say his career at Ohio State was successful enough. Um, he, right. He, he he was a really good running back, but he's a he's a fan favorite player. So when he comes in the game, people get excited for him to come in. Um, right. I feel like you were really similar in terms of that. Like you'd come in the game and people would get excited for you. Right. I I agree with that, man. I just, I remember uh, my senior day when we played. Uh, um, I don't remember who we were playing that day? Was it was it Michigan? I mean, was it the Michigan game? Oh nine? Maybe it was. But you know how they have all the seniors run out before the game, and they'll sort of have them, the crowd to give a standing ovation. I just remember running out, you know, the last time in the shoe um, on my senior day, and just hearing the crowd just, you know, erupt. Um, it was a good feeling, you know. It was, it was, it was something that, you know, let me know, hey man, this is this Ohio State man. It's a special place, even though I wasn't a guy who was a a major contributor. I, you know, I wasn't someone who's, you know, scored a bunch of touchdowns and made, you know, big plays and key moments. Um, people still remember what I did, and and they value what I did. And like I said, they they gave me a nice standing ovation. So I, I think I'll always remember that. Yep. See, like me, I'm as as big of a Buckeye fan I am. I uh, can't say I really grew up like crazy in the sports, and it wasn't for 
I wouldn't say it's my problem, my fault, because usually people grow up in the sports, their parents are in the sports or something or something that gets them into it. None of right. my parents were in the sports. So I kind of like self-taught myself and everything. And even players like you, Doug, everybody else, the only reason I feel like I know who you guys are is because I go back and I love to watch old highlights and stuff and old <laughs> games. And I self-taught myself about you guys. So I've been running my page for as long as I have. And I just like to post highlights and stuff and reach out to you guys and see say what's up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And listen, man, I tell you, I, I can speak. I can't speak for everyone, but I, I can speak, for, I think, for a nice group of us. I think I think it it, feel, it makes us feel good, man, when somebody sort of shouts us out or, you know, reaches back. Like, there's so many players that come through and, and it, it changes so often. And people you know, have quick memories. There's so much information out there nowadays. It's easy to forget. But uh, like I said, when you reach out or you post, a, you know, a post of a player and tag them in the post, man, I think uh, the guy get excited about that. So, you know, and congrats to you as well, man. I, I've been following you for a while, man. You, you've done a great job building this page and building the brand um, and just, you know, being interactive with, with, with your fans and, you know, just really being a, being, a, being a good Ohio State fan, win, lose, or draw. I mean, I think you always keep a good perspective. And, um, you know, I, I, like, I like the content that you post, man. So hats off to you as well, man. You're doing a great, a great job with that. And it, it, based on your area code, it seems like you're, what, down in Tennessee? Or, you, you, know, yeah. you don't even live in Ohio? I'm from Ohio, man. I'm from Cleveland. Um, okay. I moved, I moved down here back in like 2012 because my mom had moved out here with my uh, younger brothers, and we kind of moved out here to be closer. Um, but yeah, I'm from Cleveland. Okay. I was born in Cleveland. I lived I lived all over Ohio, really, man. I lived in like Lorraine, Cleveland. I lived everywhere. So. Okay. But Cleveland nice. is my hometown for sure. It's not like I'm just from Tennessee and I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, I'm a Buckeye fan. No, man. <laughs> Ride or die with all my Cleveland sports, man. Cleveland, Browns, Indians, Cavs, everybody. Nice, 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 man. Well, yeah, man, what's, uh, like I said, it's, like I said, it's, uh, it's good to see, man. You're doing great things with the page, man. So keep it up. Dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, I posted a, uh, a video from, uh, I don't remember, oh, Illinois game back in like 2006. It was like a Jay Richardson highlight. And he reposted it a little bit ago. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, Jay nice. Richardson is a cool guy. I think there was a few times where we, uh, we don't see eye to eye in a few things. I mean, everybody has opinions on stuff like right, right. the whole, the whole like players sitting out in bowl games because they're scared of injury or whatever. I mean, like, we have different opinions on that. Like I, like I said to him, I respect anybody's uh, decision to sit out in a game because, like, you you seen firsthand what can happen if you don't sit out in a game. Like uh, freaking Ted Ginn in the, in the national championship. First play of the game. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, Even guys like Jalen Smith you know, for, the, you know, for Notre Dame. He, he, he played in – he was a first-round draft pick projected and played in his bowl game, ended up tearing his knee up. I mean, he still got drafted high, but – or got, you know, but he had to sit out that first year, and I'm sure that you know, that that changed the trajectory of his career. I mean, now he's not even now he's bouncing around the league. I think he got cut by Dallas, and then he went to the Vikings or something like that. And you know, it's, it's, like I said, I, so I mean, listen, I, I respect anyone's you know position if they want to sit out that last game. But I also say, oh, older older school players or you know old school players may not feel the same way, man. It's more for like, hey, man, it's you know you got to you got to ride for your team, and you know at the end of the day, man, the team's gonna do what's best for them, and no matter what, Ohio State's gonna move on with or without you. So. I think, especially at that point in time, it's okay to be a little selfish and worry about your own future at that point. For sure. What What would you say some of your favorite games were at Ohio State? I mean, I know obviously that the game number one versus number two, you were oh, yeah, that was a great one. You were there in that one. That right. was probably. I feel like that would be one of the ones at the top of your list, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That that was a great game. That whole atmosphere. Um, you know, pulling it out at the end. It, that that was that was an incredible game. Um, in addition to that, I want to say maybe the 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 first bowl game that I played in uh, was we played against uh, Notre Dame. 
in the Fiesta Bowl uh-huh. out in Arizona. That was a great experience. Number one, because we won. I mean, all, the, all three other bowl games I played and we lost. So that was a game that we actually won. Um, and it was, and you know, coming into it, Notre Dame was highly ranked as well, and it, it was it was a good matchup. So just getting to experience that for the first time and coming out on top. I mean, going to a bowl game is crazy because you know they, they give you the bowl gifts. You go out to a place that you may or may not have been before, but you get to stay out for a week, and you know they, they wine and dine you, take you to nice restaurants, and you get to do a bunch of cool things. So um, I mean, even beyond the game, it beyond the game being great, just being in that atmosphere and participating in, in the bowl activities i think was 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 very memorable um but let me think about another game i think was 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 a great game probably selfishly for me would be the uh northwestern game in 2000 and i was just and i always play well against northwestern i feel like i don't know what, what it was but i always play well against them and for some reason man all the guys on their team every time i would be out there i'd, I'd look at them i'd say these guys like they're still in high school. Some of these guys, like, how the hell did this guy make it to a D one program? I mean, listen, I mean, it's, I know it's Northwestern, but but still, I mean, maybe, maybe it's changed since I played. But um, in two thousand and seven, I had a pretty good game, ended up scoring two touchdowns, and had uh, and just had an overall great game. Was that two thousand seven? I think or two thousand seven or eight, one of the two. But for me, that's probably one of my more memorable games as well, just because I had I had a great game and we won as well. That was you know we put the ice on the cape, we won. Wasn't it? Wasn't there a game against Northwestern back in one of those years, seven, six, eight, where the Northwestern QB was talking some crazy shit before the game or something, or leading up to it, and he just kept getting hit and hit over and over again. He, kept, I don't know, the dude threw like three years. I don't know, it was crazy. He got through like a hundred interceptions in that game. Um, I, that 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 vaguely sounds familiar. I want to say, well, but I can't think of the guy's name um, who played quarterback for them when we uh, when we played them, but. Uh, yeah, listen. I know every time we played Northwestern, we dominated them. So, um, so yeah. I'm mean, listen. I, I can't. I can't believe they're actually talking shit. But if he did, yeah, he he got what was coming to him. Because those are the years, man, when Ohio State and I don't want to have a knock on the teams now, but that's back when our defense was really dominant. Like, mm-hmm. folks didn't score more than three touchdowns on us ever. Like, you know, if we scored 24 points, if we scored 21 points, we more likely won the game. It was very rare that a team would score you know, more points than that. Well, except we got to the to the championship, then we were going to be blown out. But at least within the Big Ten, for sure. Um, teams didn't score on us back then. And that's because Coach Trestle and, and Coach Fick, who was, on the, who was on the staff at the time, I mean, they really focused on on defense and getting the guys ready. I remember um, just watching the linebackers, you know, um, that's back when, you know, James Laurinaitis was around and Marcus Freeman and uh, who else was there? Um, uh, Ross Homan and, AJ Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, I mean, just watching how thick made those guys work in practice. I Man, they were probably the hardest working group, you know, on the team every year that I was there. And Coach Fickle, he made sure he got it out of them every year. So I'm not surprised that our defense, you know, played the way it did. They were always tenacious. And and, uh, and Coach, uh, the D line coach, I can't remember his name either. Ah, oh, damn, what was his name? Ah, uh, fuck, it was Doug's coach. They used to always. They just always get into him with, as well. Coach Coach Haycock, Coach Haycock, that was his name. He he was a he was a he was a aggressive coach as well, man. He didn't take any shit from anybody. So man, our, in our defense, man, they really they really took on that mentality when they were on the field, man. And you know they were they were a nasty bunch. So yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised if some North, if some Northwestern quarterback was talking shit, they they made him pay for it. Well, how do you, how do you think about this? I, as you said, our our defense was always crazy back then, but. As, as you see how uh, college football has changed and evolved over the years and you look at it now and see how fast the game is played compared right. to even if you watch like today's football and you see how fast it is, like and then right. you go back to the uh, 2005-06 uh, days, 
it's it just seemed a lot slower. How do you think like a, a Buckeye team from then, even, as good as the defense was, would compete with like a Buckeyes offense of today? Yeah, they, they, it'd be interesting to see. You know, it's it's a different style of play. Like back then, like our linebackers were 250, 260, some of them. They were you know, 6'4", 250, 260. I mean, it's I don't hardly, you don't hardly ever see linebackers that big nowadays because everything is so spread out and guys got to play in space. Where back then it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, tackling guys in a phone booth and, 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 and you know, when you need sort of that weight to take on linemen and take on fullbacks and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure I'm biased. So I think, listen, I think that we would dominate our D line, would dominate our <laughs> linebackers. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's getting around them. Nobody, they'll take great angles. They're not going to miss a tackle. Um, our safeties came up a hit. Dante Whitner, um, who else played? Ash, uh, um, Nate Sally, um, and our, and our corners would hit too, man. So, I mean, I uh selfishly I, I think we would we would we would we would have handled business. Um maybe they maybe they would have scored a touchdown or two, but I I think our defense would have uh, would have held its own against the Ohio State offense and today. And our corners could cover too, man. Like Malcolm Jenkins and the guys we had, I mean they could cover too. So you know, guys like Chris Olave running down the field, um, I think they would have been they would have they would have you know, some of those fifty fifty balls may not have come down is 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 often for 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 uh for them as it, as they do now. I mean, shit, you guys, it's not like we could say Ohio State's receivers and stuff today are like we, we've we never had that before because you go back then, we had Santonio Holmes and Ted Ginn on the same team. Right, right, so, yep. I mean, Anthony uh, Gonzalez as well. He, yep. was on, he was there, Brian Hartline, Brian Robisky. Um, yeah, we've had some great receivers. I'm not quite sure if they're to the level that they're at now. And then, like you said, the game has changed so much. I mean, the guys are throwing the ball 50 times a game. We never did that. We've been I – mean, 50 times a game like Run I, don't Troy, I don't think I don't think Troy has ever thrown it not, not while I was there I don't think he's ever had 50 uh passing attempts when we were there so um you know, obviously they get more opportunities but I think if you would have put our receivers in, in today's offense and, and have them and throw the ball 50 times a game those guys would have put up some big numbers too we might have won a couple one of those guys might have won a Heisman trophy too besides Troy right. you know you got right. you got Ted Ginn catching the ball 15 right. times a game, he'd be having 200, 300 receiving yards a game. Exactly, exactly. But honestly, maybe we probably would have won some of those uh, national championships we played in if we if we uh, if we were throwing it that much. Um, like I said, because Coach Trussell was a bit he was man, he was he was really conservative, and that's what I think. That's honestly my only gripe I think I had with Coach Trussell. For me, like we would try, we would try all these different plays in practice. We would come in and. He put all this special shit in for me, like stuff that was different than, you know, what, what Beanie wasn't doing. And it was more geared towards me. Um, and then we would get to the game and he would just shell up. He would just get he would just get scared and conservative and just run the same fucking four plays, you know, back to back. Um, that was, and that was really frustrating. And, and then it showed a byproduct of that was when we would play a team like a LSU or a Florida and they're you know rolling guys in. They're running a bunch of different plays, a bunch of different formations. And we would get you know, beat by, you know, 42 to seven or whatever the fuck it was or whatever we lost to LSU by. And even in the Texas game, you know, that was a, that was a closer game when we played them at when they came here. But, you know, still, if we would have had more offensive firepower and maybe not been so scared, you know, like coach, like going forward on fourth down, you know, on, you know, on your own 40, Coach Trussell would never, he would never do that. But wow. you see guys like Ryan Day and Urban Meyer, man, they, they do that. They do that, you know, religiously. It's fourth down, fourth and one on our own 40. Fuck it. We're going for it. Like they, they're not scared, and they and and, I'm, and and most of the time they convert, you know. Yeah, and, so. and we and we do it in positions sometimes where it's you don't get this, you're losing the game situation. So right for for that for the guys now like Ryan Day and Urban Meyer to even think about it because you can go back to the the 
the big questionable spot. JT Barrett was short, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. See, he went for it, but I think he only went for it because of the kicking issues that we had that day. But I feel like yeah. – Back back when you played, we always had some solid kickers, right? I mean, I feel like those guys were always pretty solid um, at their right. job. Right, yeah. I, I got there right after uh, Mike Nugent. I think it was his name. He he was he was he. I think he had graduated maybe right after I got there. And at that time, who was kicking? Ryan Pretorius. He was a, he was a he, man, it, Ryan Pretorius was like thirty years. Old. He was like a thirty year old freshman. He was what? from South Africa. Yeah, he was he was our he was our kicker. Um, I think for the most part, it was somebody else before him, before Ryan took over. I can't think of who it was, but uh, but yeah, Ryan was a thirty-year-old South African guy from uh from South Africa who was a, who was a freshman. I think my same year, but yeah, he was always solid, man. He did kickoffs and he did our field goals, man. He and he and he was pretty solid, you know. Like I said, Coach Russell leaned on those field goals, you know. He would he wasn't he wasn't going for it very often, so he would he would you know get down in there and he would he would definitely um you know take the easy field goal when he could. What would you guys ever be in a position where, like, you guys would be on fourth and one or something in your own in their territory? And would would Coach Trussell ever give you guys like if if he look at Troy Smith and be like, "Hey, would you think we could do it?" Or he just straight up, "Nope, we're not doing it." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever like giving us the option. I think it was always what he wanted to do, and that would that was just his model. Like, we would he would preach defense and special teams and. You know, he, Coach Trestle's, uh one of his famous sayings was, you know, the, you know, the most the most important play in football is the punt. And people thought he was joking when he would say that shit, but he was dead serious. Like field position and defense, that's that's how he won games. That's that was his, and they worked for him. So I mean, I at least, at least for the most part, you know, in the Big Ten games, it worked. But uh, you know, it worked for him. So I, it, it was. I, I don't ever remember a situation where he would like look at he would look at Troy, or he'd look at Todd Beckman, and be like, hey. You know, what do you think? It was always like, no, this is what we're going to do. It's we're in their territory. We're on their own 40. It's fourth and one. But fuck it. We're going to punt it. We're going to try to pooch it down in the corner and, 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 and pin them in, you know, pin them down uh, and, you know, down deep in their own territory and hope our defense holds up. And, and for the most part, our defense always would. So, you know, he, you know, it, it worked out. And then we get the ball back, you know, and, and with great field position to be good on and score. That's what it is, though. I mean, you guys had the defense to back up punting the right. ball in your own ter- in their territory, you know, because he knew for the most part, most times you guys would get the stop and you guys would be getting the ball right. back in very good field position. So, yeah. but like I said, that's, that shit didn't work. Like when we got to Florida, when we got to, when we got to LSU with some of these SEC games, man, they were <laughs> different <laughs> level. They would, they would take that punt. They run it, they'd run it to back to their own 40. Then they, you know, they get two first downs and now they're back in field goal range. It's like, shit. Maybe we should have went for it. <laughs> you, I remember. There's a game I remember. I feel like Coach Trestle was the guy that was like, he's humble, but he's like, I don't care. While there's still time on the clock, I'm scoring because there was a, a, a game. I remember highlights from. I don't know if it was before you were there or after, but there was a game where we had some backups in. It was the very last play of the game. I'm pretty sure that we may have scored on. I think you were talking about maybe the Washington game. Maybe that that sound familiar? Yeah. And honestly, we had some backups in. And I think Brandon Sane ran a long touchdown. And I remember after that, he went to other coach and he apologized for that. He's like, man, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't, you know, that was that because he was really, he really, he, Coach Trestle was not a run up the score type guy. He would, he would not do that. He would, that wasn't his thing. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to show anybody up. I mean, he was, like I said, that was, that was just who he was. And I, I think in the end, it's a big reason why, um, you know, we didn't quite uh, get over the hump you know, get some of those other teams. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to keep dragging him because I, I love him as a person. I love him as a coach, 
But if I'm just being your honest. opinion on his coaching style, man. Everybody, right. I'm sure everybody I'm just, has I'm just being about. honest, yeah. I think that's – had we been more aggressive, had we been more – um, just like, just fuck it. I don't give a care what, I don't care what people are going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to run the score up. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw the ball uh, even when we're up by two touchdowns. Had we done that a bit more, I think, you know, we, we, our offense would have put a bigger number because we had the ability, we had the players, we had all the, we always got top recruiting class. We had the best players in the country. We just, you know, we just never utilized them as much as we could. We had so many great players at Ohio state that never really got a chance to, show how great they were because we were just doing the same old tried and true method. I mean, and like I said, and it worked for the most part, so you really can't complain about it. But, um, yeah, there were just so many guys who never really got the shine as they, as they probably could have somewhere else. Yep. I, I know that in both those national championship games, back-to-back, I know uh, we lost both of them, obviously, but which one would you say hurt more, <laughs> the first one or the second oh, one? Oh, definitely the Florida game, man. I'm going to tell you why. Obviously, that's my hometown. You know, I had I had friends. I have a high school teammate who was playing, who played for Florida at the time. And before the game, you know, we, we had been undefeated. We had beat Michigan at, right before then. They were in the, you know, number one, number two game. You know, we had beat Texas that year as well. So it was like, it's, it's no way um, that we're going to, we're going to, you know, it's no way we're going to lose any games here. And, uh, yeah, man, it, they, <laughs> you know, it, and it was just, a, it was just, a, you know, they just kicked our ass. And I'm going to tell you, I think we really set the tone. Before the game, um, you know, we were warming up. Uh, the Florida team and, and, and us got into a little scuffle. Like, I'm not sure if they was on TV, but they got into a little scuffle. And it was, it was mostly the D-line and the O-line, uh, those guys up there. But uh, when they kicked our ass <laughs> – and uh, that kind of that kind of set the tone for the game. So when the game started, man, our old line, man, they were just they just I'm not sure if they were just didn't have it in it. They were uh, or what it was, but their D line just dominated us the entire game. And I think it really the tone was set early on when we had that little scuffle pregame. Um, and they like I said they just wanted it more. I think we were sort of leaning on our laurels, like, hey, we've been, we've been good all year. We're gonna beat this team. This team has kind of been up and down. I mean, it's, they made it here, but you know who knows how great they are. They got this second-year head coach from, you know, whoever he, wherever he's from, uh, Utah, I think he was coming from. Yeah, so, or yeah, Bowling Green, from, Utah or Bowling, or Bowling Green. Well, he had, it was after Bowling Green, so he had, okay. he had left Utah with Alex Smith and then came over to Florida. And so we're like, yeah, they got this second-year coach. I mean, who knows who they are? We got, you know, got a guy who just won it a few years before. So, um, you know, we really felt good about it going into it. And, yeah, they they, they were hungry, man. They wanted it more, and, and, and yeah, they, it showed that night for sure. Man, you guys got that kickoff, the opening kickoff return. You guys are probably feeling on top of the world like you guys just right. won the game, and then the rest right. of the game plays out. And you're like, oh shit, they can't. We we're not stopping them. They're gonna keep scoring touchdowns. Man, us. they yeah, they kept driving the ball. Like I said, and at that time, and our defense was so great, it was it was so shocking to us. People were like, man, how the fuck are they keeping getting first down? We can't stop Percy Harvin. How the how the hell can we not stop Percy Harvin? You know, it, it's and their D line was. I mean, Troy couldn't do shit. I'm not sure how many passing yards he had, but it it, it couldn't have been more than. I know it was, it was less than two hundred. Yeah, I mean they because he couldn't he couldn't do a thing. It was like one twenty or something, one twenty right. for like seven seven completions or something stupid. Yeah, I mean they they they, they I mean they he, their D line was I mean that that I can't remember the guy's name. It was a, it was a tall guy, about six five, probably two hundred and forty pounds, two hundred fifty. Wasn't even a big guy, but he was just demolishing. Uh, who was it? I think it was uh ah fuck, what's his name? Kurt Barton. He was demolishing uh-huh. Kurt Barton just the entire game. Yeah, it was just, man, it was, it was, and Troy couldn't do anything, man. And right after that kickoff, Ted got hurt. So that kind of, he was a big part of our game plan as well. Momentum so shift maybe after that injury? You guys oh, yeah. were done for the game. So you guys were probably like, right. that's our offense right there. Right, exactly. He's our deep threat. He's our re- reverse guy. He's our speed guy. He's the only one that can really, 
keep up speed wise with with the rest of these guys uh, on their defense. And yeah, we lost him. That was a we didn't have a plan B. He went out. It was like shit. We didn't have a plan B. So that's, that's that was a big part of it as well. Man, then you re- then you fast forward next year. We got Todd Beckman starting, and I don't think a lot of people were very high on Todd Beckman. No offense to him, because I would really never disrespect any of our guys in like a right. whatever way. But he wasn't the best quarterback. Um, no. But he made it. We, we make it to the national championship with Ty Beckman, and we actually have a semi-competitive game with LSU. Right, right. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ty, man, we Ty was a. You know, he was a guy who had he had waited his turn. I think, if you guys remember, he was a he was a, he gray shirted. The folks don't know what that is. That's <laughs> when you come in early and you don't even play. You're just enrolled in school and you're just waiting for you can start your eligibility. So he gray shirted. Didn't play, didn't do a thing with the football team the first year. His next year he came in, then redshirted again. So he was like a six-year senior before, you know, that was even a thing. But, um, you know, so he waited his turn. And I just remember talking to him before that season because I remember going he, – he had played a couple games, had some great games. And um, now he was he was in the Heisman race. And I was like, man, Todd Beck. What? Was the yeah, he was in the Heisman race for a second. I'm like, he was, on, he was the guy that cover of Sports Illustrated. It was – Get was, out he, of here. Yeah, he was uh, – because our team was – I mean, we were, we were, you know, top team in the country. He was a, he was a quarterback, and he was playing okay. He was – Todd was great at throwing the deep ball. That was that was his thing. He was great at throwing the deep ball. He 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 would he would he could he could really put it he could really put it on the money. And so he had some he had some you know some great passing games. And at one point he said he was in the running for the Heisman. I remember talking to him one practice, like, man, Todd didn't come a long way. It's who would have thought, you know, things would turn around so fast for you. But then quickly after that, yeah, it was uh we got yeah, we got to the championship. We backed in that year, as a matter of fact, because I think we lost to Illinois. Uh, the 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 second to last game of the season went up to Michigan and beat them, and then a a bunch of teams had to lose for us to get in there. And I think they did. I think it's back when West Virginia was real big, they're doing real well. They end up losing. I think Pitt ended up losing, and somehow we our ranking shot up. I think we had just beat Michigan, so we ended up getting that number two spot and sliding in there. Wow! And uh, like I said, the game was the game was competitive. Yeah, Brian Hartline had a good game. Beanie Wells had a good game. Todd had a decent game as well, but. Uh, you know, I just think our, our lack of creativity and our lack of, um, you know, our, sort of our lack of uh, just lack crea- lack of creativity is what shot us in the foot in that game. But, but yeah, that, that was a good memory, man. And, and Todd and, and Todd, uh, he 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 had a good season that year. But after that, man, it was I want to say we he he started on he started the the next the first game of the next season, and then he went to go play USC out in California. After that, he didn't have didn't have the greatest game, and then. Uh, the next, right after the next day after uh, after that game, we were we were back in Columbus, and so uh, we all we would always meet, you know, in position groups that you watch film and you break film down and based on your position group, and so um, Coach Trestle walked into the, the 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 quarterbacks. They would watch film in Coach Trestle's office. That's that was that was their meeting room, and so uh, they were watching film that day. The very next day after the game, and Coach Trestle comes in there and said, uh, "All right, Todd, you're going to run with the twos today, and Terrell Pryor, you're going you're going to run with the ones." And it was it was a wrap after that for Todd. He he didn't, he didn't see the field after that at all. But uh, his, that the year before, man, was it was a great year for him. And he, uh, like I said, he, you know, he went from a nobody to in the Heisman contention, which uh, you know I didn't see that coming. So, but but it was it was it was good to sort of live that with him as well. You know, that reminds me of like the the way that his path, like how um, Todd played out, and then how Terrell became a who he was it sounds very similar to where how 
uh, how Joe Bowserman was a quarterback and then Braxton Miller <laughs> took over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Baseball Joe. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to tell you what, man. Joe, and you, you, have, you have a great recall in Ohio State players. Joe Bowserman, he was a hell of an athlete. He was a great athlete. He, could play, he actually played minor league baseball before he came over to Ohio State. Um, so, and, and, he, and he could play basketball as well. He was a great hooper. Um, he was just an all-around athlete, you know. Wasn't he older, um, too? Yeah, he was. He was a bit old. Like I said, he played minor league baseball before he came to Ohio State. Once he played baseball for like maybe five years or so, he was. A, so he was a bit older, but um, but yeah, man, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a great athlete. It just it just didn't quite work out for him at you know at quarterback. And I want to say that was that Fickle's first year. I want to say that he was playing, or or was that maybe that was Trestle's last year? I, I can't remember, but but uh, but yeah, I mean, he was he was he was nothing compared to Braxton Miller. I mean, Braxton as far as quarterback goes, I mean, that was that was a no brainer. I mean, it's uh. I think he I think Bowser threw a couple balls in the dirt and was like, "Oh yeah, let's, it's, that's enough of that. <laughs> let's get him out of it, here." I think it was the, I don't know, man. I remember if it was 2010 or 11 because I remember. Well, yeah, well, 10 was the Rose Bowl year. We played Miami. He got benched after the Miami game in 2010, I think, or he played okay. really bad in that game. I think it was 2010 when he pretty much got what well, was shit because Braxton Miller is a true freshman in 2011, right? I, I, I think so. He, he he came in. He played right away as a true freshman. If I got all those all those records, he played for well for three years, and he, and he his fourth year he, he got hurt and switched to receiver. But so yeah, he did play as a true freshman. I can't remember. I want to say, I want to say Joe Bowserman. That was that two thousand and well two thousand and ten. They won the Rose Bowl. That was the year after I left. Yeah, and I don't we, I don't think Bowserman was a quarterback in the Rose Bowl game. I have to go and look that up. No, the but, Rose Bowl uh, was uh, Troy Smith or Terrell Terrell Pryor. Oh, um, that's right. Terrell, Terrell Pryor was still there. That's right. That's right. Terrell Pryor was oh, yeah, still there. The, the, the scandal thing. And then the year, then they, after that was when, yeah, so that had to be 2011, I want to say. And that's why Joe Bowserman was starting because Terrell was off the team or whatnot. So that's, yeah, that's, or was he off the team or was he suspended? I think. I think he, I think he was suspended and then he bounced. He was like, nah. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what the other. So it had to be 2011. And that would have been Fick's first year coaching as he was, yeah. that was when he took over as head coach. And that's, uh, I remember because I remember watching highlights and, we played, uh, I think we played Miami in 2011, one of the first few games of the season. And okay. uh, we lost that game. And Joe Bowserman looked really bad in that game. And throw, or not throw, probably, but Braxton Miller came in. And I think that it was kind of the beginning of Braxton Miller's career right after that. Okay. That, yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds about right. I, honestly, like after I had graduated, I was a bit jaded. So I didn't, I didn't really watch much Ohio State football probably from 2010 to probably. 2012 is, is probably when I I kind of I kind of checked out a bit, but uh, so those years are kind of blurry for me. But um, but yeah, that, that that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, I watched so many highlights, man, that I go back and I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that because people were every time I post like a Joe Bowserman highlight video or something because dude made some plays. I mean, he scored yeah. touchdowns and stuff. So I score, I post the video, everybody's bashing on him. I'm like, man, give the guy a break. Exactly, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said. He was a hell of an athlete, man. Like I said, he could he could do it all. And in practice, he played well at quarterback. He could run. He had a, he had a decent arm. He could, he was accurate. But uh, I don't know, maybe maybe just the you know the games got too much for maybe the pressure. I don't I don't know what it was, but yeah, it didn't translate in in, in the games. Game or what, speed, man. Whatever. Yeah, got too fast for him. Maybe he was just too slow for the the speed of the game. Right, right. Yeah, maybe his age caught up with him as well, or something. I don't know, man. So he was a bit older. Man, I know. Uh, I think Joe and Todd are both on Instagram. I'm gonna have to try to get one of them guys on the podcast, man. I'd love to know like how their story, like what they'd have to say about their time at Ohio State, because I feel like they'd have some interesting stuff and stuff to tell me. Who said that? You smell Bowserman? 
Yeah, either one, Todd, Todd or Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I I see Todd every now and then. I'm not sure if he's on Instagram. I I know I know I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. Um, I think he's doing medical device sales or something like that now. And then Joe Bowser, I want to say he's doing insurance or I'm connected with him on, on LinkedIn as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I would, I would love to hear what their perspective on it and how their think, careers went and, and how they, and how they view their time at Ohio state. I think they're both on Instagram. I think that, uh, Todd has liked a few of my things and I'm pretty sure I've okay. seen Joe on there, but not for a while, but Todd is definitely on there. Okay. Um, yeah. I have to go and check him out. I don't think I'm following Todd. Yeah. He, I don't, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know, like, or remember, um, like I said, I got a lot of young people that follow me, man. So I'll post right, a yeah. highlight and they'll be like, Oh, who's that? That's not, Bra- that's right. Braxton Miller. I'm like, yeah, well, right. come on guys. You're like 15 years old. You, you only know who Braxton Miller is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When these, when we were playing, you guys were either, you know, you were little babies or not even born yet. It's, it's crazy how time, how, how fast time goes. But, uh, but yeah, and, and there's so many players that roll through and you think every four years or every year, you know, new crop comes in and, one goes out, goes out the door. So there've been a ton of players that have played over the time. That's why I said, man, your recall is amazing. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you're, you're bringing up guys. Even I forgot about. Him. Oh shit, yeah, Joe Bowser. I forgot about him. Joe Baseball. That's right. Yeah, that was Dude, that I, was uh that was his that was his nickname for him. Uh, they, that that, he, that they called him on the team. They called him because he played baseball. I think we had another Joe on the. Oh no, matter of fact, his the folks couldn't say his last name, so they just started they just started calling him Joe Joe Baseball. Joe Baseball. <laughs> Dude, I got so many cool guys lined up to get on here, like Antonio Smith. I think he's going to be really cool to get on here. I talked. Oh, to absolutely. Him. I mean, I I, I like to uh, get perspectives from you guys, so that's why I like getting like players that played back back in like the early two thousands or whatever. Even like um before you got to Ohio State, or even like right 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 when you got to Ohio State, um, all time leading receiver at Ohio State, Michael Jenkins. Um, he's a really oh, cool yeah. guy too. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. He's he's a great guy. I don't know him too well. I said he he left before I got there, but I've had a few interactions with him, and he sort of came back. He's he's a great guy for sure. He'd be a great he'd be a great uh, a great guy to bring on the podcast. Antonio Slick, as well, he's uh, yeah. he's doing a lot in business, and he's doing a lot with um, you know just uh, entrepreneur entrepreneur type stuff. So here in Columbus, so he'd be a, another great one as well. Yeah, I feel like um, I think it's crazy to think that somebody that played in like the early 2000s that has a record like like uh michael jenkins that's never been broken man especially at ohio state isn't that crazy to you right yeah absolutely absolutely i mean especially with the way, the way that teams are passing the ball now i didn't i didn't realize he still had the what does he, what does he have the single season record or he had all time all time oh uh, okay all time record wow i think well he played four years or how long did he play i think he played uh all four okay yeah that probably has a big reason reason uh for I'm, I'm surprised somebody like chris olave didn't break it because he played for but he played for three solid years and put up some big numbers but so uh, yeah yeah that, yeah that i'm surprised he didn't break it i'm thinking that if anybody's gonna break it anytime soon it's definitely gonna be Jake jackson Buster. smith yeah oh because, absolutely man yeah that dude is that dude is a monster as a true freshman i mean he still put up decent numbers but last year to, to, out, to come out and be, lead the team in receiving yards i think he had like 15 right. 1600 receiving yards right which is crazy he does that another season, and then maybe maybe he'll be like, "Oh, maybe I'll just come back and do it again," like Chris Olave <laughs> did. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I think he's gone after next year. He would be stupid to come back again. Listen, I'd love to have him again, but I mean, he's he's got to be gone next year, man. With at, at, yeah, he's he's going to be the top receiver in the country, I'd imagine. He can do it all. He can block, run great routes. Got decent speed, great hands, great nice size. I mean, it's a no brainer, man. He's got to go. Man, I really wanted to talk to you tonight about like the Jim Harbaugh situation, but he just freaking announced that he's coming back. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I, honestly, I'm not mad at that, man. We'll, we'll 
listen, beating Ohio State once every ten years, I'll take that average. So we'll he'll come he'll come back to the shoe and get his ass beat again or get ass beat again this year. I mean, they, they lost a ton of players. I think they still got their quarterback, but they've lost, lost they lost their de- yeah lost their defensive coordinator too. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, they've lost some coaches as well. So, and our team is going to be that much better. You know, we have a lot of guys coming back. You know, we'll, we got some great transfers that came in on defense. Offense is going to be even that much better. CJ Stroud is playing amazing, and they got to come to the shoe. Yes, it's yeah, it's going to be tough sledding um, for these next couple of years for Harbaugh. So it's going to, I think, it'll be another drudging uh, in the shoe this year. Man, how do you how do you think something like that falls through? Do you think he was like? feeling the pressure, like getting a lot of backlash from up and leaving his team. And he's like, damn, I don't, or like, I know like money situation, but guys like, they don't need the money. Right. I mean, honestly, I, uh, from what I'm hearing, man, I think it was, he was, he was sort of ticked off. He took that pay cut this year. Um, he sort of wanted to stick it to him. Um, he probably got that offer from the Vikings and he probably went, I'm not sure. I haven't read the details yet, but he probably went back to Michigan and said, Hey, you know, you guys want me to stay, you know, I just beat Ohio state, made it to the champion, made it to the, you know, the, to the, to the playoff. And, um, you guys want me to stay? You're gonna have to give me, you know, either you know, rework my deal and give me some more money or what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure the, the particulars on that, but to me, it, to me, it sounded like he was trying to create some leverage because I mean, he got an offer. Why the hell would you come back? You know, you were you were testing the waters. You got an offer from a team, and then you were you interviewed for a bunch of teams and whatnot, and then you end up going back. I mean, you probably went back because they they probably gave you the money you wanted, and I know he took a pay cut and he wasn't happy about that. That I know I heard a ton of reports um, on that, so. I, I imagine that's that's what it was trying to just create leverage, um, and uh, and uh, he, he, ended up, he, ended up, he ended up winning. Maybe maybe Michigan reworked his deal and he's going to get some more money. I guess we'll find out here soon. Yeah. But so he's, he's like I said, I'm not I'm not mad at him. Man, I, I don't think I don't think Harbaugh is that great of a coach to be honest. Nah, with you. bro. I, no. I don't I don't think he's that great of a coach. So, um, I mean I mean he's he's he, he, the offense is trying to kind of get into the 21st century now with some of the stuff he's running, but it's. It's still not there yet, I don't think, and uh, I think that he's like, he's gonna ha- he's gonna have some tough sled in these next couple of years, um, beating Ohio State because Ohio State is just running out of you know we're we're, we're in a, in a top tier program high octane offense man it's I don't see him doing much with that yeah he, he's not gonna have a, he's not gonna have an Aiden Hudson every every year man that guy that guy's gone I mean he's and a Jobo man they're both gone yeah and, and the other guy yeah the other the other uh, linebacker D lineman yeah so I mean those guys don't come around often so I mean. He's, I mean, like I said, they're they're going to fall back to, they're going to revert back to reality, fall back to the to their baseline. I think this year. I think they're feeling themselves a little too much, man. I like to say that got us. We were down in that game, but I like even I, I'd say nine times out of ten we still win that game, make adjustments after right. the first ones, and it doesn't happen again. I feel like the only I feel like we beat ourselves more than they beat us. You know, I think that we didn't make any adjustments that we right. had he issues with all year long, even to the prior right. season. And right. it really caught up to us in that game. So I don't feel like it was right. anything that they really did. I think it was something that we did to ourselves, if anything. Absolutely. I mean we were we were we were too we were we were much our defense wasn't playing that 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 silver bullet defense. I mean we we lost Proctor and Proctor was a he was a big safety valve for it. He was a safety that would come up and hit, fill the hole and he 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 was great. And our linebacking core too, that like really filling in the right spots, and they weren't really playing like a what was that guy's name? Um, that linebacker that left last year, he was he ended up he was wasn't very good, but ended up coming on his senior year and actually getting drafted. What's that guy's name? Are you talking like about um, he go, he went to the Broncos, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baron what, Browning. He, no, no, not not Baron Browning. The other guy, the, the white guy, linebacker. He, oh, he played huh. well. Pete, Pete, either Pete Warner, Pete, yeah, or, Pete Warner, Pete yeah. Warner, yeah, yeah. So like me, yeah, we 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 miss those those tough, hard nosed guys like that who would who would really come in and 
you know, we're really stick guys. They weren't, I mean, they were, they would get a first down every, every, whenever they needed it. Our defense was not getting, our D line was getting any pressure. I mean, we're missing guys like Chase Young too. I mean, it's, you know, Jack Sawyer and that other guy, that, the, um, the guy from, um, I can't think of his name is too hard to pronounce. You know, they yeah, kind of played. I just okay. say JQT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, they, I mean, they'll play it okay and they'll be better next year, but you know, they're, they're not, they weren't, they're not Chase Young. They're not, they're not a Nick Bosa or a Joey Bosa. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, but they'll be better next year for sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I like our chances next year. I don't, I don't think, um, Michigan's gonna, you know, like that was, that's an aberration. I mean, it's, they lost it's, too much, man. They're, re- they got to rebuild now. They got their quarterback still, but their quarterback is ass. I, I, I yeah, yeah, he's, I, he's average. Yeah. He's not, he's not very good in my opinion. He's, he's a, yep. he's a game manager. He's not a game changer at all. You know, and they're going to start him over the guy that's the better option. And who knows how long it's going to take for him to get benched for the for the younger guy. But I don't know. It's crazy, dude. I don't, it's just crazy. You know how it is. I knew I knew what it was going to be as soon as they won the game. They were going to feel like they won every single meeting the last 20 years. And Right, right. They never everybody, lost to us. Everybody walking around with their Michigan gear on loud and proud and shit. And yeah, I mean, I said, I'll, let, I'll let them have it. Like I said, it's it's. They'll let them enjoy it, but like they'll they'll fall back to reality this year. I'm I'm almost certain. Everybody everybody in college football has one goal, and it's to win a national championship. It's it's not beat Ohio State and then peace out for the rest of the season because they they didn't show up in the freaking college football playoffs. Oh, absolutely not! I knew they'd get demolished in that game too. I knew they they didn't have for for Georgia. I knew they were. I knew they were going to do anything with them. I've been telling people, man, look, I had a buddy that's a Georgia fan. And I was like, he's like, he's worried. I'm like, why are you worried, bro? I was like, listen to this. I'm like, hear me out. Stop the run and you're going to blow them out. And I was like, right. Georgia's going to stop their running game. And I don't think oh, they absolutely. had more than 100 total yards rushing on that game. So Georgia's D-line, yeah, there was no way. And their linebacking core, yeah, it was no way that Michigan was going to run on them. And they actually, they don't have the quarterback to, to, to sling it like they would need to either. Um, so, yeah, it's it, – uh, yeah, yeah, I I knew they get beat that game. I kind of had a feeling they win the Big Ten just because Iowa wasn't very good in my opinion. But um, but yeah, I, I knew they get beat once they got to the playoff. Yep. Um, what do you think about all the uh, college players getting paid and stuff? I I think that I don't know if you've seen today that um, Jimbo Fisher <laughs> was doing an interview and uh, they brought up because everybody's like, where the hell is he getting all these five star players? How are they just? automatically saying, yeah, let's go to Texas A&M. They even got another right. four-star guy about an hour ago, and we're like, we're, okay, you guys got half of the, the best five-star defensive linemen committed to Texas A&M. Everybody's like, why the fuck are you going to Texas A&M? And he's all like, the people are questioning whether they're paying these players to come. And he jumped on saying some, we're not paying anybody. No, why wouldn't you want to come to Texas A&M? I'm like, I'm like, would you be saying that if you were still at Florida State? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're just saying that because you're the coach there. But right. it just seems a little sus that you're getting all these random five-star guys when most of these guys would normally pick like an Ohio State or an Alabama any other time. Right. And listen, Texas A&M have been doing that quality for a few years. And I've been wondering that myself. Like, what the fuck are they doing down there? How are they getting on these top recruiting classes to go to Texas A&M? But um, listen, I wouldn't be surprised. If, I mean, maybe it's not Jimbo Fisher. But I wouldn't be surprised if boosters or somebody else is are getting in folks' ear and and, and, and talking to them. But now I guess they don't even have to really do it on the hush hush because now that they have the NIL stuff, I imagine that's probably a big part of it as well. But I was reading. I if, um I heard a story the other day as something about um, Ohio State as far as our NIL deals. I don't want to say the, the the kids on our team have if you accumulate all of the NIL deals that they that they that they've signed to been more than any team in the country. Yeah, I think I'm mistaken. Yeah, I, I I did read that, and I think it's true, but I don't think it's just football. I think it's Ohio State University as a whole. Oh, oh, oh got you, got you. That's a good point. That's a good point. But even then, uh, I think that 
our our student athletes have surrounded themselves with good good team of people to get these deals for them because I know that even Chris Fields runs his own thing like that and right yeah yeah I, mean, I, I helped him set that up as a matter of fact exactly yep Chris Fields is a good buddy of mine he's a really cool guy um, right. and then we got I don't know who the main guy is there's one big big shark out there that sets up majority of these deals for these athletes but they surrounded themselves with the perfect person to get these deals for them and. I don't know what these other student schools are doing. You know, I don't know if they're doing the same thing or surrounding themselves right. with somebody like these players at Ohio State is because they're going to this guy and he's getting them big money. So I don't right. think that's that's a, an Ohio State problem. I think it's because Ohio State's a big school. They got so many big name players and uh, they surrounded themselves around somebody that knows what they're doing. Right. Well, I think it also speaks to the point I was making earlier, just the fact that Ohio Columbus is a, is, a, is more than just a college town. There's industry here. and There's, there's folks who have money to spend and, and there's no pro team here. So, I mean, folks really gravitate towards Ohio state. So I think it also speaks to that, you know, some of these other college towns where it's like tough, like, okay, well, who the hell's playing these guys? What deals are they actually doing at Texas A&M? Who's I'm sure Texas, got a lot, Texas A&M has a ton of boosters who are probably just giving guys deals that to, or giving them, you know, some kind of deal to just to give them a sign there or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, Ohio state, I think has happened just naturally. It's not just some, some you know, kind of behind the scenes. Hey, let's 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 get this guy a deal. Get this guy a deal. I think it's more so guys are coming here, and then they're being brought into the Ohio State sort of you know um, the Ohio State wheelhouse, and then just all just a byproduct of all the industry that's here, all the companies that are here, all the folks that are that really follow Ohio State football and, and and realize that you know partnering with the player can really move the needle for them. I think helps us out as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to to, fi- to find out what they're doing down there at Texas A&M because even before NIL, man, they've been, they've had some pretty good recruiting classes. And you're thinking just how and, and why? How are, how are they doing this? Yeah, you've even seen like Johnny Manziel. I mean, I watched videos and podcasts that he's done with people where he's all like basically hitting around like he was getting paid while he was at Texas A&M. So they're not going to – there's no way that these really highly ranked players aren't getting paid to come to the school some way or another. There's no right, way. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm convinced as well. And, that, and honestly, man, that stuff happens everywhere. I mean, even at Ohio State, I remember when I was there, it was guys It was – we had little, we had little, you know, guys that would you know, hang arounds or whatnot, and that would that would offer us money to sign stuff. And it wasn't on the on the level of, of what Johnny Manziel was doing, but you know, there were some guys like Troy and Beanie and some of the other and Ted who were who you know who were who were locked in with some of the you know, the Schottenstein folks and the Lex Wechners of the world and all the all the big all the all the big name guys here who who were getting you know I, I've seen I've, I don't want to name names, but I've seen you know folks come to locker room with just you know envelopes full of cash and. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was happening at Ohio State as well. But, uh, but yeah, maybe not to the degree that it's happening at, at, uh, at somewhere like a Texas A&M. Well, that shit really fucked Ohio State up. I mean, not necessarily your scenario you're talking about, but that shit fucked Ohio State up when, when people started, when we got in trouble for that. Right. Well, yeah, well, for the, what do you mean, like for the tattoo gate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was funny. Honestly, too, man, it was it's crazy because a buddy of me and Doug and, um, and who else? Who and Mar- Marcel Frost? We were one of the first guys who sort of got hooked up with that connect. It was a guy by the name of Dudley. He had a tattoo shop on the west side of Columbus. We would just kind of go out there and hang out. And he would just give us a bunch of free tattoos, and it just spiraled into into uh, what it is now. Where it was, you know, they, I mean, he had all that stuff. He we didn't know what he was getting into as far as you know, you know, dealing drugs and all that federal crime stuff. We didn't, I mean, it wasn't really that. It was just hey, we you know get some free tattoos and. You know, we signed some stuff for him or whatever the case may be. But, uh, but, yeah, it's crazy to see where it went. I remember when this stuff sort of first hit the fan. I'm thinking, like, oh, man, you guys would be okay. I mean, it's, it's, 
this is this water in the bridge, man. They'll, they'll, they'll wash this. They'll wash this, you know, right, right away. It's no big and, deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no big deal. But no, man, that shit, that shit, <laughs> that shit took off. And uh, yeah, man, they getting Coach Russell fired. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I did, I definitely did not see that coming for sure. Man, not only did it get Coach Russell fired, it got it. It changed our team, man. It took 2011 was our worst season because not only did we not have our starting quarterback because of that, we lost our starting running back. Right, yeah, we lost so much, and then we even freaking got punished for a whole season, bro. We weren't even bowl eligible because of that. Right, well, I think we had to be gave up. We gave up that Rose Bowl win too, didn't we? We no, we gave up the Sugar Bowl win against the, sugar, the sugar Bowl win. Right, yeah, yeah, it's right. We gave up that Sugar Bowl win as well. So uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was massive, man. I, I did not see that coming for sure. Man, I mean, I got I know I talked to uh, Boom and said, and he said he'd be down to get on one of these podcasts with me. I wonder if he'd be open to talking about that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I think he would. I mean, it's kind of it's it's kind of up in the air, out out in the open now. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't hurt to ask. I guess. I mean, I, I feel like it'd just be a cool like. I mean, I mean, it's. I think it's interesting. You know, even though that shit happened ten year, ten fifteen years ago or whatever, I'd still. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic to talk about because even though it's right. over with and shit, um, I think it's still a cool like. Uh, just like I said, just a cool topic and a good talking subject to talk about. You know. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. This can't hurt to ask. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if he if he would want to talk about it or not. But uh, you know, for for, for those would. guys, man, they were just. I mean, like I said, folks were just getting tattoos and or whatnot. It wasn't even really like he wasn't. You know, he wasn't paying guys money. They weren't like doing any anything illegal or whatnot. I mean, I'm not sure how much you know about the story, but I guess that guy would, got caught up with some, you know, with the FBI and with the federal was at some federal charges, and they went and raided his his shop, and they found all that OSU memorabilia. And like, well, how the hell did you get this? And he was like, they thought he stole it or something or whatever. And he was like, no, man, that's, you know, guys traded it for it, you know, for tattoos and stuff. And then that's sort of how it, it, it sort of snowballed from there. But like far as the illegal activities, like none of the players had anything to do with that. It was just guys getting tattoos and, you know, they would may, they may hand them a pair of gloves, you know, <laughs> for, for, you know, get a, you know, get a free tattoo or whatnot. Man, even that's bogus, man. That's a thin line. I mean, like. How can you get in trouble for just trading? You know, you're not selling anything. I mean, right, in a sense, yeah. they looked at it like that because you were exchanging your goods for their services, which you would regularly pay for. But even then, dude, I'm like, come on, bro. They're they're grown men trading their right. shit. Right. I know. I know there's rules. Right. I mean, I don't know if you guys I don't know in college, you guys have to sign shit or stuff. But um Everybody knows the rules, though. I mean, they broke the rules and they paid the consequences for it. Right, it right. sucks. It, it, was a, it was a dumb rule, with, and, and, it's, and I'm glad they don't have that kind of those kind of rules now. I mean, it's, you know, with yeah, you know, as far as if guy wanted to, you know, trade his memorabilia for some, you know, for some tattoo, that wouldn't be a big deal now. And I think folks realized how stupid it was. But yeah, back then that was the rule, and you know, those guys got I got caught for it, and they ended up paying the price, and ended up Ohio State ended up suffering because of it. Man, it is what it is. Ain't no going back. Right. I guess it just adds to. uh storyline of Ohio State history, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we for weren't sure. the only ones. We were just the ones that got caught doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, you, you, some of these guys, some of these other schools, man, that I was hearing about, yeah, they're doing a lot worse than what we were doing. I mean, for God's sake, that Aaron Hernandez was out shooting people down in Florida. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, come on now. We were just trading some tattoos or whatnot. So, or trading shit for tattoos. So, I mean, it, it, like I said, when you look in the grand scheme of things, it was it was pretty innocuous, but um, but yeah, man, like I said, it was, they broke the rules and they ended up paying the price. And I said, guys who were doing stuff that was a lot worse. I mean, they, they never even got caught. 
it's been going on forever, man. Probably since college football began, it's been some form of way of trading or trading services or getting paid for stuff. It just never came came to light the way it did with us because the dude was a big freaking uh, big drug, drug dealer, whatever the hell he was. And right. he got he got caught. So if he would have never got caught, I'm sure none of this would have ever came out. Yeah, it would never came to light. Yeah, that I'm sure it would just uh yeah, it was just an unfortunate unfortunate turn of events. But yeah, it is what it is, man. Ohio State's better for it, I think. And you know, it's you know, like I said, you know, for what it's worth, you know, they end up winning a championship after that and they they rebounded quite nicely and you know, Urban Meyer I think took the program to another level and Ryan Day's continuing that. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think it it all worked out. Are you a Jacksonville fan? Absolutely, for sure. Do you think uh, Do you think Urban Meyer got a fair shake as the head coach coming into a program like that that pretty much sucked really bad um, <laughs> and we're rebuilding? Um, do you think he got a fair shake? Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess fair is relative. I mean, do, do I would I would I have fired him in that situation? I, I'm 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 much more of a guy that that kind of you know wants to see the job see it see it through. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean. Some of the stories that were coming out, and honestly, I had I had some concerns about him going to Jacksonville. I knew he was a winner. I knew he could turn the program around, but I don't know Urban Meyer personally. But or he, obviously, I didn't play for him. But the stories I've heard from, from guys who did, um, I thought it may be a difficult transition for him to transition to the NFL because, it's, like I said, it's a different it's a different game. College, the coach, the, the buck stops with the coach. Well, in the NFL, that's that's not the case. You know, that's just that's just not the case. And um, you know, as far as his dynamic with the players it was a lot of rumblings coming out of out of Jacksonville that you know he just wasn't he was running like a college program and wasn't giving guys the respect that he needed not just with the players but even with his own staff um and you know you know once that sort of gets out it, it and then he had the whole incident where he was I guess he had he had kicked the, the one guy <laughs> he had kicked the he had kicked the kicker or whatnot like make your fucking kicks and he or whatnot I mean this I mean these, these are I mean at the end of the day I mean even though it's the NFL this is still a workplace so, I mean, you really can't do stuff like that. Like, whereas in college, like, that wouldn't even have been a story. It wouldn't even got out because your player would never have said shit. Like, you know what I mean? And you could you could do that kind of stuff in college. Where in the NFL, man, it's just not going to fly at all. I just feel like that 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 kick got the kicker got kicked. I feel like that was probably something that got blown out of proportion a little bit. I'm like, that's right. a grown-ass man. He's probably 20 in his late 20s, 30s. I'm like, they're, they're, he's a grown-ass man. He's going to come out like, oh, I got kicked by my coach. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, but he, but Urban Meyer has to understand that. I mean, I, I, I honestly think like he had to, he may not have the right approach. Um, you know, you know, when in, in the NFL, you really can't be sort of like this sort of uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just a totalitarian where you know you you control everything. It's much more of a give and take. It's much more of a you know we're gonna work at this together. And I'm not quite sure he took that approach with the staff and with the players, and it ended up it ended up working out. It didn't end up working out in his favor. But um, I'd be interested to see if he gets back into college coaching. I think he he's a great college coach for sure. Um, and so I'd be interested to see if he may if he may he may he may try it again. We'll see. Well, I, I think he actually made this be done now, enjoying retire life, enjoying all his millions. Yeah, he's got plenty of money, man. I I don't get when people are like in his condition because you know I don't know like his heart conditions or whatever. I'm sure all that shit's true. He's an older guy. He right. probably has plenty of stress in his life to where that his heart isn't as healthy as uh, somebody else's. And the guy's right. made a ton of money, whether it be Florida, 